In this episode of Friends Fit 40s, we're going to talk about the night before and the day of that long run. What are the things to think about? We have a list bigger than we ever thought. We're going to talk about May teacher tired and how we work to overcome that. And we're going to talk about those sounds that bring you joy. Get your notebooks ready. Friends Fit 40s is coming up. Friends Fit 40s is brought to you by Laura Mullenbrook and Stephanie Whiteman. This is a podcast about our fitness and wellness journey. We are two working moms who seek to live our best life. However, we are novices in the world of fitness. We are excited to share our ups, our downs, and our roadblocks. Our journey has led us to emphasize the value of friendship, cooperation over competition, and celebrating the small victories along the way. This podcast is an invitation for you to laugh with us and actively construct your best day today and then again tomorrow. Welcome to Friends Fit 40s. So tomorrow is our longest run until we do our half in two weeks. Yes. And whoo, man, you know, I was thinking about this last week before our long run, like the number of things you have to think about before a long run, or at least we do. I mean, I'm assuming everybody does. Instead of a short run, it's crazy. It is crazy. I don't know that we've ever been able to just up and do a long run without having these thoughts about all the things to put together. But the more we do it, the easier it should get. And I feel like our list just keeps getting longer and longer. (laughs) I don't know. Is that a sign that we're old? I'm not... (laughs) I know some of the things on our list are because we're old, but whatever. So we thought we'd share them with you just in case you haven't endured long runs for a some type of race that maybe these are some things that you would like to think about or that you should think about or you need to think about Yeah, um, so that you can be more successful. Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing on our list is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yes, this like is hard for the me. day before, especially when you're running and it's hot, right? Yeah. Which it has been all of a sudden for right. us. You have to hydrate the day before. You have to drink water. Like when you wake up, I mean, and obviously not just the day before, but you should be drinking a couple days before, but specifically the day before. You can't hydrate for a long run if you're going in the morning, the morning of. Right. You have to already be hydrated. Yeah. And then we've also found that the night before, you've got to make sure that you are not staying up late. Yep. That you're getting sufficient amount of sleep so that the morning run is going to go okay, that you're not just exhausted. Right. Um, and then with that is really like you don't want to drink. I mean, we've done it before. We have. And it was real bad. It doesn't work well for us. <laughs> and so the nights before our long run, especially those runs that are seven, eight, nine, ten miles, mm-hmm. it's no alcohol zone in our world. And sometimes on a Saturday night when all you want to do is sit and relax on your patio and have a beer, it's kind of kind of tough, right? Yeah, I think that's that's why we're in training mode. You know, you have to think about, well, what's what's going to be a better thing, the glass of wine the night before or the fact that you didn't drink the wine on mile seven right? when you're going into mile eight. So and I can tell you that it feels very different. Yes, it does. <laughs> so another thing that we think about the day before and the day of is nutrition. Yes. Thinking about um, things that are going to be okay with your GI. 
system. Yes. Um, and then just things that are going to properly fuel you. So definitely, you know, the morning of, you need some fuel. You can't run 10 miles on nothing. That doesn't work well. But you don't want anything too much. Carbs, protein, something that's easily digestible is best for the morning of. And then just things that you normally eat the day before. You don't want to try anything new. Yeah. And when I run, my hamstrings tighten up. So yoga involving all of my muscles, but specifically my hamstrings uh, the night before is also something that I want to do. And I don't want to do a lot of heavy leg lifting the day before a long Mm -hmm. run or even like we don't even do a short run the day before a long run. We'll do a short run two days before a long run or three days before a long run. But that day before, it's like yoga and maybe an arm workout. Yes. And then you also, as you're getting ready the morning of, you have to think about the clothes you're wearing. So you definitely don't want to wear anything new because that could cause chafing. Right. And when you're mile seven in and you're chafing, it's pretty miserable because even if you like, let's say you just give up and you don't finish running because it hurts so bad then you still have to walk right. to wherever you started and you're chafing yeah. because you're rubbing. Um, and that's no fun. We actually ended up just deciding to use the thing of chapstick in my pouch um, one day because I forgot to bring anything else and uh, Steph was chafing so on her arm. And so, you know what? That's just our chafing stick now. Yes. And uh, it, it worked in a pinch, chapstick. So throw a chaps- chapstick in your running pouch um, to help with that chafing. But we use a body glide. And that's something that like we have to find and make sure that it's ready for us the day of. But I, guess sh- I make sure that that's out the night before as well. I have to consider my shoes. I want to make sure that for a long run, my shoes aren't brand new, but they're not old either. Yes. They're definitely kind of don't like, want the old ones. Yeah. Racing shoes or to be racing shoes, that kind of thing. Um, and I also have to think about my socks because there is a difference between a thin pair of running socks and a thicker pair of running socks. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of have to match my shoes with my socks. Yeah. Who knew all these things? And then... A really important thing is making sure your running watch, which is going to tell you the distance, especially when you're in the 8, 9, 10, is charged hmm. um, so that you're not guessing your mileage. That might have happened to us like last week. <laughs> <laughs> My watch blew about five miles in. We were like, okay, well, we're going to start uh, running off of Laura's watch. That wasn't accurate until right now when we get it started up again. <laughs> right. So, yes. And then the one last thing that we do is make sure that we have plenty of water for the run and uh, before the run. Another thing that we like to do is freeze water the night before uh, so that it is ready the next day when we go on our run. Sometimes we'll throw a noon tablet in those water frozen bottles Mm -hmm. uh, so that we have some electrolytes while we're refreshing our water. We have also realized that for these longer runs, if we have a bottle to hang on to, in addition, it helps with that hydration. The morning of our run, we've got to think about our breakfast. And Laura talked a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. I take an Imodium about 30 minutes before I leave because I tend to have to go to the bathroom in the middle of my run. And if I take an Imodium, I'm finding that this helps. So I go ahead and do that. I really have to think about the bra I wear uh, because I can't just wear any running bra or any sports bra on a long run just because it's going to 
take a while and there's a lot of movement. So I have a couple of bras that are my like specific long run bras and I have to make sure that that's going to be clean or at least dirty and I'm going to wear it again um, because I'm not going to wear anyone. And then we have to pack our running pouch. So in our running pouch goes some wipes just because you never know when you might need one. Yes. <laughs> some sanitizer because you might need some sanitizer after using the wipes. Um, a cell phone just for safety and sometimes music. Yes. Gels for energy and along the way. Gummies sometimes for electrolytes. And sometimes we pack gels and gummies. We do. Yeah. And then water, water, and more water. And then you always have a bonus Band-Aid. I do. I keep a Band-Aid in there. And if we use it, I will restock that one with one Band-Aid. Luckily, because we're so thoughtful about our clothing and our body glide and whatnot, we haven't needed a Band-Aid. But you never know when you might. Right. So I keep it in there. And then, of course, always take a little container of sunscreen in your pouch because you never know when you're going to need more sunscreen. It's crazy that we are planning a long run tomorrow because there is tired and then there is May teacher tired. And we're going to take just a moment to describe what this is. For those of you that may not know, uh, I think that there's probably a uh, April accountant tired. Yes, <laughs> that probably might be so. similar. There is probably a December retail tired. <laughs> I would bet so. <laughs> right? Yep. And I think that May teacher tired is in around that category. Yes, we've talked about this and alluded to this in different podcasts. And we just thought since we're right at the end of this marathon is what really what it is, we're, we thought we'd just describe it. So, I mean, whew, I, you're just emotionally drained from managing the children for eight hours a day. Like you emotionally dump into them to fill their buckets to help them to be successful and whoo like I just don't I don't want to do it anymore like I I'm I've done it all year every day and I'm done so if you aren't a teacher but you have children you multiply that children by either six to eight or you know 60 depending upon what you teach <laughs> right and imagine seeing that every single day Imagine working with them and working with them and working with them and trying to help them in some aspects, help them do the thing that they least want to do. Yes. And what they fight you to do sometimes. Right. And then imagine May when everybody in the entire world has decided that all of that learning is really not as important as just being crazy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. That, I do feel like the hallways and the, the buildings in, in themselves are just, oh, it's just, I wish, I honestly wish that we could go in there and say, you know what, May 15th is the last day. And you didn't know it on May 14th. Like, we just didn't know that the end was coming. We knew it's around the corner, but we didn't know exact date. So there wasn't that build. Yeah. I think the build is, it adds to it, which just makes it, yeah. And also all of the end of the year activities. Oh. 
So the graduations, the celebrations, the assemblies, the um, superstar of the month, the dances, the field trips. Yes, the field trips, the band concerts, the choir concerts. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And uh, for kiddos that have a hard time with schedule changes or transitions, um, this is a tough time for them because they're crazy. And then, you know, they have half a day of popcorn party and yearbook signing and the other half of the day they need math. And it just doesn't doesn't jive well with some of their brains. Right. On top of all of those things, teachers are expected to do all of their final assessments. Um, students have to show the most growth during this month of May so that the teacher can be validated in that he or she is doing their job. Uh, they have to write up all of the reports for every single child, include all of the grading. And there is lesson planning that goes like on top of all of that. So my husband, who is a science teacher, has essentially been grading nonstop nights, weekends, every single like he gets up at four o'clock in the morning and grades um, since the beginning of May. Yeah. Because I mean, you have to get it all in. Like there is a final deadline that the, the reports have to be ready on that last day. So there is no leeway at all. People turning in late work, that sometimes could add to that too, uh, because they're trying to get their late work in to get their grade up uh, if need be. Um, and then you have packing. Like you yes. can't just walk out of your classroom at the end of the day and say, oh, I'm done, because the custodians have to do all the deep cleaning over the summer. So you have to put away things like in hidey holes that you didn't know existed and make it so essentially there's nothing out in the classroom except for furniture. And then you got to shovel the furniture to a side of the room so that they can come in and do some waxing and mopping and so that you can put it all back in August. Right. And for some of those folks, uh, they're being told that they need to move rooms, change rooms, update their room, you know, whatever. And so uh, if you feel exhausted... By listening to us, we are exhausted and living it. And uh, it's always nice to know that in the middle of all that, the friendships, the workouts, the reminders to take a breath, the journaling, the kindness becomes even more important because this exhaustion can leave us empty and grumpy and feeling like we are hopeless um, during this time. And we have to remember what it is that recharges us and drives us and gives us hope. I think those are the things that in any kind of tired, accountant tired, retail tired, um, we've got to really draw in on that reservoir in order to be able to wake up today and have it be our best day. Wake up tomorrow and have that be our best day, um, even when we are climbing some pretty big hurdles. All right, Laura, we're going to try something. Okay. I 
Would you like it? How about this one? Yeah. How about this one? I'll take a bow. Okay. There you go. I got another one. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It almost needs two. Yes, it does. There you go. There you go. So what do all those things have in common? Well, they bring a smile to my face. Right? Yes. And they are funky sounds. And they they get you moving. Right. They get you you out of your seat and, and make you think. And, you know, this brings me to a point that the other day... And actually, a few weeks ago, when we were on a long run, it was one of the first springtime long runs that we were doing. And we were out, and you could hear the children laughing, and they were playing, and they were out in their driveway, and just talking, and just that little giggle. Oh, oh, it just, I love that. Like, that brings so much joy to me, because it just reminds me, I think, of springtime and the new beginnings that are coming, right? And then also of the childhood moments that I helped create for my own children mm. who are now teenagers. But like, you know, we would get all the kids out in the neighborhood and and they would be all in one yard or this yard or that. And so, yeah, it brings a smile to my face. And I think every time I hear the children out there right in the beginning of that springtime, that it's going to do that for me. And it just made me think of, I bet there are a lot of sounds that bring us joy. Mm. And, you know, if you could bottle them up. But I think it's obviously best to just hear them naturally, right? And oftentimes we think about feeling things with all five of our senses, but isolating those senses and really thinking about and digging into them one at a time might be a way that allows us to kind of drink them up even more. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite sounds is that we have a ballpark that is less than a mile away from our house. And when I'm sitting on my back patio, I can hear the crack of the bat and the cheer of the fans. And Laura was over the other day. I was planting in my back patio, getting all my flowers already. And I'm like, you know, I don't even have kids that play baseball. And I just love the sound of baseball. Yeah. It's so American. Right. I, I, yes, I think it. And it's the sound of summer. Yes. Like the sound that summer is coming. What a great sound to hear when you're sitting on your back patio. So then we were like, well, what are the other sounds that we love in our lives? So I have an interesting one. The sound of the peacock that roams around our school grounds. My school is out in the northern side of town and there's a lot of land Um, around it. It's not necessarily around um, a lot of busy streets. And there's just this peacock and he Mm. lives in in and around the school and he will come like on the playground. And he, I guess it's spring. I mean, I haven't actually, I, I know what the peacock eats. I know some information about him. I've read some books, some nonfiction books with the kids. But the sound of a peacock is much different than other sounds of birds. Okay. Um, and so when you hear it, you're like, oh, and you get, get excited and the kids get excited. And so you you go looking for him. Like, where is he? He's got to be close by because sometimes he kind of hides among the grass, grasses. Um, so, yeah, it's a fun sound. All right. I love the sound of owls. Oh, yes. Especially when we're going on winter hikes. 
because you can kind of look up and look for them. And they have just such a pretty wispy almost sound. And it's mysterious too, yeah. I think. And I think Harry Potter doesn't hurt. Right. Right. Because <laughs> because who doesn't love uh, Hedwig? <laughs> He's so cute. Uh, so I love the sound of owls. You actually reminded me of this one, and I because it's probably I haven't heard it in a while, but ah, the sound of the ocean waves. Oh my gosh. I just want to remember. Yes. In the Midwest, we don't get to the ocean it's, every it's day. A, it's a drive yes. <laughs> or, a, or a flight. Um, so yeah, remembering that sound. And I love the sound of the rain. We have a tin roof in our library at school. And some days on those particularly wonderful days, the rain will just rain down on that roof. And it is loud. It is not subtle. But I just love it. I mean, I have to yell if I want to say anything to anybody. Then it becomes, you know, a little bit cumbersome. But for the most part, when it rains, I just want to tell everybody, just grab a book, find a spot, up. and let the rain be the rhythm with which you read. Laura, it is now time for our weekly homework. That's got to be a fun sound, right? <laughs> So what are the sounds that bring you joy? Pause for just a minute. Think about it. And write it out. That journaling piece can be so powerful in thinking about the things that are positive in our lives. So give yourself some time to think about what are the sounds that you love. And in the meantime, enjoy your week. Go. Move. Breathe. Share kindness with others. You got this. Do you love Friends Fit 40s? Subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share the podcast with your friends. Tag us when you share so we know you are enjoying our work. Also, follow us on Instagram. Feel free to email us at friendsfit40s at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments. We'd love to hear from you. 